Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a British leather daddy works to help an African lesbian refugee start a new life in Manchester. Mayor Pete Buttigieg announces the largest campaign donations of any Democratic candidate for the second quarter. And a local church stepped up after haters shut down an LGBTQ teen prom. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. Joe King, a former Mr. Leather Europe, is on a mission to help a young 22-year-old lesbian woman from Uganda who has suffered severe homophobia and poverty. According to King, Shadia has lived a very brutal and difficult life in Africa because of her sexuality. Rejected by her family for being lesbian, she traveled to Kenya with her two-year-old son. But life was no better there as she fell victim to rape and was forced to live in the streets often eating bath soap just to survive. Shadia came to King's attention through a friend at the Refugee Coalition of East Africa. The coalition works to help LGBTQ people who find themselves the object of persecution. The organization has arranged for Shadia, her son, and her stepsister to relocate to Manchester, England. King, who was honored as Mr. Leather Europe in 2016, told Gay Star News recently, My heart went out for her. The poor girl has been through hell. Calling Shadia inspirational and thoughtful in the face of horrific adversity, King launched a GoFundMe campaign to help raise funds for Shadia's new chapter in Manchester. The young mother will be starting her life in a totally new country with no friends, family, or network to rely on. Citing Pride season, King says he saw an opportunity for the community to do something for someone and show what Pride is really about. King aims to show Shadia that she has a new family in the local LGBTQ community to help get her onto her feet as she begins a job search and takes her first steps in building a new life. Perhaps an unlikely hero to an African refugee? Or maybe not. But the UK Leatherman closes his appeal on GoFundMe writing, Please help me support this amazing and inspirational woman and give what you can, no matter how small. Gay Star News reports he will meet Shadia at the airport in Manchester this week with a rainbow pride flag. I'll have a link in the show notes if you'd like to donate. And speaking of pride flags, a rainbow flag hanging at the front of a Harlem gay bar was set on fire early Monday morning. This was the second time a rainbow flag has been burned at the same club in just over a month. NBC News reports the flag was discovered by staff members sometime between 12.20 a.m. and 12.45 a.m. The previous attack, which New York City police have been investigating as a possible anti-gay crime, occurred in the early morning hours of May 31st. Alexei Minko, owner of the Alibi Lounge, says he finds the timing of the two incidents suspect. He says, 
I have to say that what I find odd was the timing of both events. One was at the beginning of Pride, and one was right at the end. One has to wonder if there's some kind of message they're trying to send. But speaking to local news station PIX11, the owner said no matter the message, what's important is that we stand tall, we don't get afraid. Calling the repeat offense surreal, Minko added that he's surprised the second flag burning happened since police had released surveillance camera footage of the suspect in the first incident, alerting the public that cameras are trained on the nightclub's entrance. Minko said, second time around, I'm really kind of in shock, I have to admit. PIX11 reports that the Alibi Lounge bills itself as the only black-owned LGBTQ bar in Manhattan. For the first time, researchers have found a way to eliminate HIV from living animals. The approach combines two new technologies, slow-release antiretroviral therapy known as laser art, which first suppresses the virus, then gene editing known as CRISPR-Cas9, which effectively slices out HIV-infected DNA. Dr. Kamal Khalili at the Lewis Katz School of Medicine at Temple University told the local CBS News affiliate, for the first time, we were able to eliminate completely replication-competent virus, HIV, from the infected animal. While antiretroviral drugs can decrease HIV in the body, they don't get the job done entirely. Laser art drugs consist of nanocrystals, which can easily penetrate tissue where HIV may be hiding and slowly release over time, keeping the virus at low levels for weeks. And this means traditional antiretroviral medications don't have to be administered as often. Working with specialists at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, the two teams were able to eliminate HIV in about a third of infected mice. Said Dr. Khalili, the big message of this work is that it takes both CRISPR-Cas9 and virus suppression through a method such as laser art administered together to produce a cure for HIV infection. The technique is very safe and efficient and able to eliminate the viral DNA forever. The next step is to move to FDA-monitored testing on humans. A clinical trial is scheduled to begin in mid-2020. Last week, the presidential campaign for Mayor Pete Buttigieg announced an eye-popping $24 million in campaign donations. That's more than current front-runner Vice President Joe Biden, who brought in $21.5 million, and Senator Elizabeth Warren at $19.1 million. According to Politico, those halls of cash will now be utilized to expand the size and scope of the Pete for America campaign. For months, the South Bend, Indiana mayor has run one of the more frugal 2020 campaigns, focusing much of its attention on fundraising, media appearances, and the candidates' travel. In Iowa, for instance, Buttigieg's campaign reports adding 30 organizers at the end of June, upping the team from a four-person skeletal crew. There's also a dozen staffers now in New Hampshire, and by the end of the summer, there'll be many more. The campaign plans to swell its staff to 300 people by Labor Day. Despite the largest reported fundraising for the second quarter and a strong appearance at the first Democratic debates, Buttigieg continues to hang at around fifth place in Real Clear Politics' average of polls. Last month, Elizabeth Johnson, who goes by the title The Activist Mommy, 
believed she'd won a victory over an LGBTQ prom when she sent her flying monkeys on the internet to shut down the Jacksonville, Florida event. But two weeks later, the event, called the Storybook Pride Prom, was held at a new location, a local Unitarian Universalist church. The event had originally been planned to be held at the Willow Branch Library at the end of June, but when Johnson told her 700,000 Facebook followers to express your disgust that this perversion is taking place in a taxpayer-funded library, exclamation point, including photos of a featured drag performer, BB Deluxe, and the phone number to the library, the pressure led the library to cancel the event after threats from her followers left the venue feeling they could not guarantee the safety of the teenaged attendees. In response, the Buckman Bridge Unitarian Universalist Church stepped in to provide a venue. Grace Rapace, the church's past president, told the Washington Post, We see our church as a safe place for people who are figuring out who they are. Our Unitarian Universalist values call us to respect the inherent worth and dignity of every person. In addition to providing the venue, around 50 volunteers as well as LGBTQ veterans, private security, and even the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department showed up to protect the young attendees from any further blowback from the haters. BB Deluxe later told the local TV station WJXT-TV, The atmosphere inside was so positive and electric. Everyone was smiling. Lots of moms were crying happy tears. There were kids dancing, laughing, and socializing as if nothing had ever happened that week. Some of the youth had never met another gay person their age, and this event helped them make friends. That, folks, is what you call community. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And I'm happy to announce the Randy Report podcast is expanding. Not only can you find the podcast on SoundCloud.com, where it's hosted, or on iTunes, where you can subscribe for free, but now we're available also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. All of those platforms have their own app that you can download, install on your phone, and subscribe to the Randy Report for your listening ease. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.